Welcome to Blackhawks Insider, the official podcast of the Chicago Blackhawks, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. I'm Carter Baum, and coming up on this week's episode, Colby Cohen and I are joined by recent play-by-play broadcaster Stephen Nelson. We have a great interview with the one and only Mark andre Fleury, fresh off his 40-save performance, his first shutout of the season on Sunday night in Vancouver, and much more. All that coming up right now on Blackhawks Insider, presented by your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealers. It's all about the drive. Welcome to Blackhawks Insider Carter Baum, Colby Cohen with you. And uh, Colby, they somehow let both of us on the road for the last week. We've been traveling with the team through Seattle, Edmonton, uh, Vancouver. Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to get them in order and I'm messing them up. It's been a long week. Now we're in Calgary wrapping up the trip. Uh, you and I are here in the hotel. We have a special guest today, uh, Stephen Nelson. Define who, special. Special. Um, yeah. Important? No, okay. This is wrong. Wrong again, Ernie. <laughs> wrong. It's great to be here, boys. Wrong again. But Steven Nelson, uh, you've probably heard his voice over the last couple of games. He's been calling the games on the uh, Canadian part of this road trip. Se- Seattle was a national game. But uh, Steven, you are you go way back with the Blackhawks in terms yeah. of your, your fandom. Yeah. Uh, you spent some time in Rockford working for the Ice Hogs. Uh-huh. Uh, a true development product, a development <laughs> um, team the Blackhawks are with some of their young prospects. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and include you in, in one of those. But what's it been <laughs> like the last couple games, uh, getting to call Blackhawks games? And uh, I know I've seen a couple pictures of you wearing Blackhawks jerseys uh, way yeah. back when. Truly unbelievable. You know, I... I've said this before, people, you know, asking about calling hockey play by play. Like it was something that uh, when I was young, I dreamed about doing, you know, once it dawns on you that you're not going to play professional sports. I had that moment. Yeah, right. You know, it's the epiphany, <laughs> like, okay, the light bulb goes off. I got to shift focus here. And so that was something that I thought about doing. Um, but when I got to Rockford as an intern right after college and I tried calling a game filling in for Mike Peck who's a legend there in rock Vegas, I was abysmal and it was like, okay, another light bulb went off. This is never going to happen for me ever. <laughs> um, it was fun. It was a blast to do those games and, and I learned a lot and I, I learned just how difficult the job is. And so I had even more respect for it coming out of that. So jump to when I joined MLB and NHL network in 2018 and my bosses came up to me and said, hey, you used to call games in the American Hockey League. I was like, well, eh. uh, define that. <laughs> yeah. I was on the microphone for a couple, and there's a reason the tapes don't exist. One, <laughs> um, they're, but they're like, hey, we would like you to call the World Junior Championships. And look, if you spend time in hockey, you know what that tournament means in the sport. And so my first response was, are you sure? Because, look, I, you know, you want to do right by – those kids and their families and the countries playing in it because it's a big deal um so needless to say just you know very fortunate to have had the opportunity to call games and so now you know stepping in for hall of famer and pat foley calling games for my favorite team my childhood team it's it's unbelievable well it's been great we've we've heard lots of good things uh incredible couple games 
the games themselves have been incredible, but hearing you on the call has been uh, been quite the pleasure. Uh, for both of you, a back to back. I think we're all sitting here. We're a little tired. The players probably you know a little <laughs> more tired than us. I, you know, they don't understand. We didn't. Some, we didn't play twenty minutes. Yeah, they don't understand some of the things that we have to go through sometimes, though. So <laughs> I think it evens out. But um, a game in Edmonton where first ten minutes pretty good. You get two goals against you on the other side real quick and you see what Connor McDavid can do and that what the firepower that team has to take over the game. But a better response um, for bits and pieces of the game in Vancouver. And look, the team has two wins and three games on this trip, Colby, and yeah, that's still positive momentum for them going forward. They're starting to really, I think, turn a corner and piecing some of the games together and moments of the games and um, still taking that step. And there hasn't been a huge setback. The Oilers game was a loss, but I don't think it was a setback, especially over the last two periods of that game to kind of settle into moments and, and kind of start to fight your way back in. When you get to a point where you're winning five out of six games, there's obviously, you know, going to be times that it's not perfect throughout a, you know, a successful streak like that. And, you know, obviously you don't get the result, but it's four nothing early. And, you know, it could have been 10 nothing if the team just packs it in and starts thinking about Vancouver the next night. But, you know, they get it to four to one. You get it to four to two. Some power play opportunity. I mean, there was a pushback. And I think learning how to get through adversity is important, especially over 82 games. And we all know things didn't start all that well this year and teams get fragile. I think as a group, you can, you can be a fragile group. And I know Derek has even talked about that uh, since taking over behind the bench. So I, I think that, you know, there's things to be taken away from the Edmonton game, not the result that you want, not the effort that you want either for 60 minutes. And then, you know, the team moves into Vancouver and uh, again, not necessarily the effort for 60 minutes that the team's looking for, but Marc-Andre Fleury was unbelievable. I mean, he he just totally stole a hockey game, and that's why you pay a guy in goal so they can steal a hockey game. And the thing that I really liked most about that game was the fact that the third period was probably one of the better periods this team has played maybe all season. Derek I mean, King said it's the best one since he's been here oh, for okay. sure. Yeah, I didn't even realize that. So I just think the fact that – and they didn't come out and sit on their heels. You know, they didn't score and then sit back. I mean, they just applied the pressure. They grinded things out down low. There was a ton of shot blocking. There was just a commitment to winning that game. It was, they knew it wasn't going to be a, you know, 75 yard pass down the field. They were going to have to run three yards, run three yards, run three yards, punt stop. I mean, it was just one of those games. And, you know, you can, you can grow from that as a team. You can build off that. And now you get the Calgary Flames that are coming off a pretty successful road trip. Uh, they just gave it to Boston pretty good and had their way with Pittsburgh the other night, I believe. Um, don't hold me to that, but I believe <laughs> so. So, another good test and you're going to see a lot of good hockey players on, on that Calgary flames team. And, um, again, like I just focus on the Blackhawks and how we're watching them, you know, become a team that battles every night and gives themselves a chance to win hockey games. It's really easy to in Vancouver play. The second period was not good. Derek King said after the game that it was just not good enough. It was terrible. 
Um, and if you're watching it, you could kind of see some of those moments, but the ability for the team to just kind of take some of those bad moments and then still find a way to come out in the third period and have a completely different team. It just says something about the mindset. I think earlier in the year, this would have been a team that you have a bad period like that. And it's kind of like, well, we don't really have it tonight. Woe is us maybe. And and that's that mental fragility that the term that keeps coming up and it, it just says a lot about the progression of this group. But I mean, you touched on Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, we'll hear from him uh, a little later in the show, a, a great sit down with uh, a future Hall of Famer to go inside his mind and what he sees in the crease. But uh, <laughs> he stands on his head, 30 shots through the first two periods, some spectacular saves. Uh, got a little help from his posts, um, some some affectionate uh talking and, and rubbing to the post of, of <laughs> hey, thank you. Uh, you. You really saved me there, yep. buddy. Uh, he explains what the reasoning is behind that and how he started doing that uh, when, when Colby and I talked to him uh, later on in the show. But uh, Stephen, it's got to be fun to call a guy like that and just see what he could do on the ice. Yeah, just to, I mean, that was his first shout out as a as a Blackhawk, obviously. Now he has the 14th most in the history of the National Hockey League. Look, I, this is my first week kind of being a around the team so I'm trying to trying to learn things quickly but you know one thing that uh, I've taken here from this recent stretch you know when a five or six the goaltending's on the right track you know even the game against Edmonton I mean that five goals against it could have been a lot worse if yes. not for the way Kevin played between the pipes before handing it off to Flower on the back-to-back that's one thing and then you talk about the progression of the group you know I think listening to Derek King in our our chats is like that's what he's looking for just the response right so once you get kicked in the teeth by a wagon which edmonton is how do you come out and respond okay back to back quick turnaround gotta flush it and then you come out you know skating in mud against a team that you should be and have to beat in vancouver um and through 40 minutes of play everything in that hockey game pointed to them losing it they should be down if not losing altogether and then they responded so um look People perceive the Blackhawks because of the success they had in the last decade and because they still have brand name all-stars on the team. They assume that that response would be a given. But this is a group that has a lot of youth and inexperience on it, the rest of the roster. So, um, again, it's just about that progress and response and steps forward. Colby, as a as a player, how does that mentality switch or, or change happen where – you start to gain that confidence. You start to build it. And, you know, how can you see that grow? And even in Vancouver, like, it was a switch of a flip. The second period was bad, but the third period was the best of the season. I mean, what happens inside that locker room or within that group to see that change start to take place and then make it a more consistent thing? What's a switch of a flip? Flip of a switch. Oh, okay. I Sorry. just wasn't sure. I, I switched it and flipped it. <laughs> I just wanted it. to make sure that I could properly answer your question. Just wanted to hey, I appreciate understand. You. We're keeping each other honest here. Flip you know? of a switch. <laughs> um, you know, I think there's a lot of little moments, and I think we've tried to bring some of those up on the broadcast, even going back to Seattle. Um, when I was doing the radio with John Weideman, you know, Alex Debrinkit drops his gloves and fights Yanni Gord. And, <laughs> what a moment. You know, that was. it's just a good moment. And, you know, there was a scrum late in the Edmonton game where Reese Johnson goes running in 100 miles an hour looking for just about anybody. Um, you know, there's these little, you know, whether it's Connor Murphy and Caleb Jones getting stuck mm. on the ice for five minutes but not giving up a goal, and Murph gets a huge block 
you know, there's just different moments that happen and they're very small and some are subtle, some not so subtle. You know, a fight is not so subtle, but a block shot is subtle. Stick lift from Dylan Strom. It's just getting moments out of guys that maybe you're not used to seeing. And so, you know, those little moments can start to put a little bit of currency in the bank and a little bit of belief. And then you start to see Marc-Andre Fleury make saves he shouldn't make. And I'm just going back to the Seattle game. Uh, you know, he made five or six 10-bell saves in that Seattle yep. game. I mean, down the stretch in the third period, uh, he holds him in that game and keeps that from going overtime. So you start to see your goaltender play like that, and, you know, you start to see Patrick Kane smile a little bit, and Alex Dabrinkit seems like everything that touches his stick is going in the net right now. Um, and you probably – you know, give it one or each one of those is worth a point or two. And then all of a sudden you're looking in your bank account and you've got 50, 60 points and you start to feel like, okay, you know, now we're looking at the record and you're what, a couple games below 500. It, it did say one and nine at one point, And now we're at six and nine, I believe. Is, is Climbing that up. I think it's I mean, maybe five points below the right. wild card spot, which you, is too early to look at that, but it comes around. When you look at the standings wall, you know, within the dressing room or on the app or wherever. I mean, I know locker rooms don't really do that anymore. Back in the day, the locker rooms would have these standings walls just so if your team sucked every day you come <laughs> in, you'd see how much you sucked and um, you'd feel bad about it and want to do do better and work harder. But you, you look at NHL.com right now and you see a six and nine and you're like, wow, like, the number six looks like the number nine. It's It feels closer now, and that's basically what you have to do. you got to take these little segments, and you've got to say, okay, the next achievable goal for us is we got to get to 500. You know, we got to get to nine and nine. You know, and maybe it's going to have to be 10 and 10 because, again, it's hard to, you know, reel off five and six games in a row where you're winning. I mean, look, I – I hope it happens, but I'm, I'm trying to be a little bit realistic about it. You're going to lose hockey games. You, you know, Vancouver might have, you know, had an argument that they should have won last night and, and the Blackhawks get the two points. So that's just how hockey works. But yeah, I just think that there's a lot of, uh, different small scenarios you can point to. I don't think there's one come to Jesus type of moment. Now all of a sudden everybody feels confident and, and a lot of it is individuals feeling confident and players starting to, you know, feel confident within their own game, within their own self, you know, that manifests to plays on the ice and it, it's infectious. And, and I also think Derek King's personality of, you know, straight shooting from the hip. I mean, um, you know, telling the guys to relax a little bit. And I think, there might be a slight misconception out there that Kinger is not going to, you know, get in your face if he needs to, or he's not going to give you a hard time if he, if he needs to, because he's just this nice guy who kind of wants everyone to have fun. And, you know, we all think, you know, he looks like the guy from Breaking Bad, but um, <laughs> he actually is the opposite of that. I, he really is. He really does hold players accountable and he's not yelling and screaming, but, you know, he says what he needs to say when he needs to say it to certain players. Him and I have had those conversations about, you know, teaching moments for some of our younger players at times. So, um, you know, again, I'm, uh, it's certainly a, a, a fun atmosphere to be around right now when you're six, five and six games. It's been enjoyable to be on this trip, call some games with, with Nelly over here. Um, you know, is doing a great job. Not easy to just get thrown into a, a new team and, ex, you know, have the whole home audience in city of Chicago, um, 
you know, they've, they've been there and you, you know, you bring someone in and, you know, I just, uh, Nelly's done a great job. So, you know, congrats to you, buddy. Thanks, brother. You talk about uh, seeing lighter spirits and that starts probably with Derek King, but people smiling around the room. I don't know if anyone um, smiles quite as much as our guest today, Colby and, and Marc-Andre Fleury. And when we were talking to him, even uh, we, we recorded with him before we left Vancouver first thing this morning, fresh off uh, that incredible performance last night. The first thing, of course, he wanted to do was talk to us and join our podcast. He was thrilled to do it. No, <laughs> he was very happy to do it. I mean, he and everything we talked about, he did it with a smile on his face and just the personality shines through. And you can't see it in this interview because it's a podcast audio only, but you can definitely hear the smile on his face and just the, the joy he brings. He's 37 years old, last year of his contract, guaranteed probably first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, a guy who's coming up on 500 uh, NHL wins would be the on, only the third player to ever do that. Um, and <laughs> he's there leading by example, keeping the mood light, um, joking with guys in the locker room, just has that infectious personality. Uh, and just Colby, an, an incredible conversation with him and, and something that uh, I think it's we talked about the Derek King one being very uh, open and funny, but uh, you know Mark Andre Fleury is just he's right up there in terms of being just a down to earth, uh, a good human being, and a pretty good goalie on top of that. Yeah, it's not every day that, uh, like you said, you get to sit down with a guy who they're just waiting for him to. You say and he's I don't done. belong to stay so, in the room with that yeah, guy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, not not every day where a guy who's going right into the Hall of Fame. You know, wants to sit down, chat on the podcast after a huge win. So gracious with his time. And I, I, it's just a shame we didn't have video for it because, you know, the, the, the ear to ear smile, you'll probably be able to hear it, you know, whether you listen to it in headphones or in your car or wherever you listen to this. Um, but it, it was, it was fun. But Colson, Patterson, Garland, Patterson. Good puck moving in front. Another chance for the Canucks. Kept out of the net by Fleury. Might have gotten some help once more. Joined now by Marc-Andre Fleury. And um, uh, Marc-Andre, I have to ask, were you still making saves last <laughs> night in your sleep after that game in Vancouver? 40-save performance, a one nothing win over the Canucks. Uh, there were stretches of the game where you definitely were were holding the guys in it. But uh, what was a game like that like? And a confidence booster for this team overall yeah um you know you're gonna have to win games different ways right and um some nights the guys are gonna score a lot of goals for me and save my butt you know so um you know it's one of those nights i just tried to um keep, keep the game close and try to make the next saves right and like i said last night for the game my posts were really good to me too right so uh that always helps everyone uh in the first two months of you being a Blackhawk, the Chicago fans are really starting to notice that you have a very affectionate relationship with your posts. Uh, anytime they, they come I in and they make a save. his family, yeah, but so. you went there, huh? <laughs> we'll get to the family. We're starting <laughs> with the posts. We're starting with the posts. But yeah. uh, no, I mean, every time a puck hits the post, they love that you you know tap the post, t- you know, tell the post thank you. Last yeah. night you said you could get him a new fresh coat of paint or buy him some dinner. <laughs> how, how did that kind of manifest and, and what's that, uh, what's that relationship like or that, uh, yeah. that just process of, you know, recognizing their hard work back there too? Uh, I was still young, a young goalie. Uh, and then that was a big 
Montreal Canadian fan and a big uh, Patrick Waugh fan who was the goalie there at the time. And um, I don't know, just saw him at the time, you know, uh, saying thanks and and people would say we'd talk to his folks, you know, <laughs> during games and stuff. So I don't know, just since then it stuck with me. And um, every time I get a, a nice pulse, I always make sure I gotta thank him and uh, keep it going, you know. Well, it's working for you. It worked <laughs> last night. Uh, you got, I think you said five posts that night. You had 40 saves on top of that. It seems like you're really starting to find your rhythm in this season, a couple back-to-back -back strong performances. Um, does that come with just a little more repetition in play, a little more structured defense in front of you? What, what do you attribute that kind of turn to? I think uh, all the above a bit, you know, just um, just feeling a bit more like myself, a little more comfortable to in there. But I think we also are playing better. We're not giving up as many breakaways or two-on-ones or three-on-ones, you know, so um definitely that makes my job easier and uh makes me look better right it's funny to hear you talk a little bit about some of these things and where you picked them up and i'm thinking back to the first time i've ever got to see you live and it was a practice um you were on the ice at aganis arena in boston you were guys getting ready to play the bruins and you guys were uh practicing at bu um and i remember the drill and I'm pretty sure it was Dan Bialsma was your coach at the time in Pittsburgh. And it was this like six shot drill where you basically are facing six different players shooting from six different places. Half the guys are trying to stick handle breakaways while another guy's shooting one left and right. And you're just all over. You're fighting for every single puck. And I have literally never seen a goaltender do this before because most goalies get pissed at you in practice <laughs> when you try to make that extra move on a practice drill. Was it Patrick Waugh that you saw maybe when you were a kid? Like, where did these practice habits come from? You're telling us a little bit about mm -hmm. the post stuff, yeah. but there's more to it with you. I mean, people don't get to see you every day like we do. And I just remember the impression you left on me. I was an 18 year old kid and we're watching Sidney Crosby and Mark Andre Fleury practice, you know, and we're sitting on the bench. Where does that all come from? Cause it's pretty incredible to watch. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I don't know. It's, I don't know. To me, I'm the goalie. I got to stop the puck, you know, so it doesn't matter where, where it's coming from or how many there are, you know, but um, I think maybe my first goalie coach when I was uh, when I was younger, he, he used to do a lot of drills like that, like a lot of shots, and uh, maybe it wasn't always like the the most technical saves, right? The the one that you want to be picture perfect all the time, but it was always about battling to to make the next save. You know, it didn't matter what you saved the puck with, just trying to get a piece there. You know, and uh, <laughs> for everybody not able to see mark andre right now he's got the biggest smile on his face <laughs> he's had so it I, since we sat I down i just need everybody <laughs> who's listening to this to know how happy this guy is right now talking about you know these types of things and how hard he works i mean we'll brag for him because he's so humble but just needed to point that out <laughs> no, I, I don't think it's a, it's a fun part of the game right and my dad always told me to growing up like you're gonna you're gonna play the. You're gonna have. You're gonna play games the way you practice. You know. So I, in my mind, if I stuff the most box and practice, and that will uh, relate to the games. You know. And I think it's, it's the fun part of being a goalie. You uh, you mentioned kind of learning from different people and picking up different things. You come into Chicago this season. You're obviously the established veteran netminder. 
But Kevin Lankinen is also here and had a very strong season last year. You were talking a little bit yesterday about just your relationship with him and, and how you both help each other, which I think for a lot of people might be surprising given your career and, and him just being his second season in the league. But what is that relationship like in that, in that back and forth and um, just picking up little things here and there from each other to make each other better uh, overall? Yeah. Um, yeah, throughout my career, it's always something I've – I, I've like, you know, I think we, we play for the same teams, right? We're, we're not battling each other and I always, I don't know, we understand each other, right? We know what the other guy goes through uh, throughout the games and stuff. And uh, I think we can have a good relationship and talk about little plays, goals, whatever, you know, throughout the games, throughout practice. And um, and it's great, you know, Kevin being some a little younger guy and um, I, I think they showed me something, you know, since camp, you know, a little some technical thing that, I can work on now too and I think it's good to have those new um new moves you know taught to me right I'm getting older so just still trying to learn and uh, to adapt you know to the new um, new style sometimes and you've got Jimmy Wade in there and I'm sure yeah it helps you and he uh go back and forth in French a little bit yeah. is that a little little nice to have that kind of relationship that that deeper connection and being able to speak in a little more uh, native language yeah um I think my first goalie coach was French too, but since then I, I didn't have one else. So uh, Jimmy's been great. You know, obviously he's very knowledgeable. He's been around for a long time. He played the game too, right? So he understands, you know, sometimes it's in your, things in your head too, right? It's not just about, uh, you know, your position and stuff like that, right? And um, it's been a lot of fun to, to work with. One of the big things when you were coming to Chicago in the summer and, and deciding to play with the Blackhawks and, and uproot your family. I know your family was a big part of that. You have, I believe, three kids, your wife. How are they adjusting? How are you all adjusting to Chicago? What's the uh, the first few months been like uh, in, a, in a brand new city? Uh, it's been good. It was a little, uh, little lactic at first, right? Moving everybody over and stuff. But, um, you know, we, we met some great people that helped us, you know, do, doing the moves and stuff. And, um Kids love the schools, um, playing soccer, my oldest playing hockey, the other one, a little tennis, a little dance, the little babies doing swimming, you know, so everybody has their activities and um, I don't know, it's been, it's been a good um, good thing for us. Will, will any of them be goalies in any sport? Are you going to are you gonna allow that or <laughs> you just you only can be one? <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't mind actually. I just think, I, I don't know, whatever they have fun doing, right? Um, my oldest tribe playing goal last year and she took uh, a puck on the knee and then that was it <laughs> she was not gonna be goalie but that's why i came to try different sports right but um yeah what is their favorite sport to play uh i think my oldest she really likes hockey actually um and then my middle one um maybe more gymnastic and dance and yeah you brought her out to uh practice uh, last weekend right got to get a little Time on the ice. I think someone was saying she had a, a nice natural connection with Dominic Kubelik yeah. going back and forth <laughs> trying to score some goals. Yeah, they were, uh, her team was practicing before us, right? So I just thought um, I'd keep her around a bit. I haven't played goalie with her on the ice yet, so um, didn't want to let her score at all, make her learn the hard way. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I think you should ask your parents, do you think I should be a goalie parent too? Because I've always heard... It's a stressful yes. position to be a goalie parent. <laughs> yeah. And so 
You, maybe you should check. You check with the wife and she, I'm sure <laughs> her, deal with it. Uh, the goalie wife can't be uh, that much less stressful, right? I yeah. mean, no, she's yeah, she's good too. Because like I didn't know, all, I think until last year in the playoffs, maybe like I didn't know how stressed she gets, and because she didn't show me much. But I had the rink like some other wives told me like all nervous she gets, and so I'm like, you, like relax. You, you know, just you found this out <laughs> yeah, last yeah, year yeah. after all these all playoff time, runs yeah. and Stanley Cups yeah. and. Oh she God. never really mentioned it right and then i don't know but i'm just you're just sitting up like i never crossed my mind right because she just sits up there and then watch the game right so i'd be nervous but would you um, say she's more stressed than you because you look pretty calm and collected in goal sometimes and the puck <laughs> goes the other end of the ice you're kind of lean back on the crossbar you know <laughs> taking it all in getting that. a little stretch in uh i think so from what i heard it was maybe more playoff <laughs> than like just regular season but well you're your reaction was pretty good last night when the team finally did score. You gave it the, like the, you were too tired to do like a full yeah. fist bump, but you gave it the like half, yeah, thank yeah, you, yeah, okay. Thank you. That's right. we Thanks got for run support. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's true. I remember that. Just so slow. Oh, we had a great shot of it on TV. Don't worry. Oh, yeah. That was the uh, Miller Lite moment of the game. So we, we had the sponsored element on it and everything. Uh, I don't know. It was all things were going, you know. I was just hoping we could get one, and um, then you, you know, I just had to close it out, right? <laughs> so, so it was a nice feeling. What does it say about the team that uh, you know? It, it seems like the confidence there is a little bit more than maybe it was earlier in the year that they can stick around in a zero-zero game and have yeah. some bad stretches of the game, but still be able to fight back and and the third period was a whole different period from the team. What does that say about this group and just how far you guys have been able to come over the last couple of weeks and just kind of find yep. your game and, and build that confidence back? Uh, it's huge, you know, it's huge. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Just believe in, believe in you. You can win games. I right? believe in this score goal, but we're not, you know, we're not going anywhere. We're still battling. We still have a chance to win. Right. And, um, you know, like you said, the third period last night was awesome, you know, and um, like Seattle too, we had, a, it was the first period, I think, right, they had on three shots or something like that. So if we can bring that consistently more towards like a 60-minute game, you know, I think they'll, they'll make us a very um, dangerous team, you know, so we just got to find ways to keep building on that, you know, and keep improving and uh, try to get some more wins. I have a random question that your response just made me think of. What is the right amount of shots for a goalie like because too little you're not involved in the game too yeah. many the net you're using it as a you know an opportunity to to take a nap so um like what for a goaltender is the ideal number and maybe it's not shots maybe it's chances i i don't know but i i don't think i've ever asked a goaltender this yeah. question before i don't know if there's like a perfect number i feel like around 30 shots you're like you said no more involved in stuff but um you know, if you got 30 shots, but you got um, 20 of them on the power play or breakaways and stuff like that, and, you know, that it's tough to keep the, the goals against low, right? So um, it's fun to fill the park, right? But you don't give up uh, crazy chances. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. You guys have one, uh, one game left on this trip. What's it been like kind of being on the road and, and being around the team in a more secluded uh, environment for the yeah. last couple of days. I know a lot of the talk going in was about getting to know each other and kind of building that bond a little more. Have you guys been able to do that? Yeah, yeah, it was, um, it, it's been good, you know, um, because pretty much in the beginning of the season, we uh, we had some COVID 
you know, uh, on our team. So we couldn't really do much outside of hockey. And then um, our road trips were back-to-backs, you know, a few of them. So we didn't have much time in between, you know, just to go have dinner and sit down and, um, you know, spend some time together. So I thought this this trip was good. And, um, you know, hopefully it helps us, you know, getting uh, to the next level there. One last one for me. I know um, looking ahead a little bit, Sunday is the – Hockey fights cancer game. I know there have been several of those around the league throughout uh, throughout the month of November. But Chicago's hockey fights cancer game back at the United Center. I know you have a little bit of a special connection. The team obviously has a connection to Troy Murray. But you know what what does it mean to be able to kind of celebrate um, the fight that a lot of people are going through, and, and how special is that to to you personally? Uh, yeah, it is. I, I lost my dad um, a couple of years ago now to uh, lung cancer. So, I don't know, I feel like it's, um, it hits me more, right, than it used to, probably, um, to somebody so close to me, but, um, so I'm glad the NHL's taking part in, in this thing, you know, and trying to, uh, raise some money, trying to find a cure and, um, yeah, help people, you know, have faith and keep battling to, through this, uh, this bad disease. Well. I appreciate your time and uh, giving us some time on the road here this morning. Uh, an incredible game last night. We look forward to continuing to watch you uh, excel at your game. You're fun yeah. to watch and uh, uh, exciting to see out there and keep those posts happy and, yeah. and on your side, okay? <laughs> Very good. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. That will do it for this episode. Special thank you to Marc-Andre Fleury as well as Steven Nelson. Be sure to listen to him on the call as the Blackhawks take on the Calgary Flames on Tuesday night. Until then, for Colby Cohen, I'm Carter Baum. We'll see you next time on Blackhawks Insider, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive.